You know, I was thinking about today's message, and one of the things that I was thinking about was, you know, as Christians, as Christians, we spend a lot of time either uh, talking about or thinking about spiritual things, right? Um, at least I hope, anyway. How many of you do that? Um, you know, as Christians, we, 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 if you think about the things that we, we, we profess to believe, right, um, it's, uh, it's kind of crazy. You know, I, I sometimes, like, this hits me uh, just random throughout the day, you know, uh, randomly uh, during the day. Like, man, some of the stuff that I say I believe, like, it's kind of crazy if you think about it, you know. Um, and, and naturally, as Christians, we, we think about, I mean, we were just singing also, it helped me to see the things that are unseen. Like, who says that, you know? Um, and uh, we spend a lot of time th- talking about and thinking about spiritual things. And, um, uh, and as a result, it's tempting, it's easy for Christians um, to say, uh, really, that things on this earth, uh, material things, you know, um, our life here um, doesn't really matter, that only spiritual things matter. Because we do place a lot of significance on spiritual things, things that are unseen, right? And uh, as we ponder on the cross, I mean, you look around and we're, we're looking at, um, you know, uh, Jesus, the, the passion of Jesus Christ, right, from the Last Supper and to his crucifixion and his resurrection. And we're looking at it and we, as we ponder on the cross as we have been for the past few weeks, um, it's tempting for us to focus on the spiritual impact of what crucifixion and resurrection um, did for us. But this uh, third statement that we're going to be looking at today um, helps us to consider a a bigger, more holistic picture of what our faith should be about and the beauty and the significance of uh, God's love for us that is displayed in our passage today. Uh, Just to recap, we've been looking at We've been going through seven sayings of Jesus Christ on the cross. And the first one we looked at was, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. We talked about this verse a couple weeks ago. And last week we talked about uh, Jesus telling uh, the thief on the cross next to him, I tell you the truth, today you will be with me in paradise. And we talked about the significance of that. And today we're going to be looking at, uh, from Gospel of John, chapter 19, verses 25 through 27. Okay, so uh, let's read this together and we'll get right into the third saying of Jesus that we'll be looking at today. All right, let's read this together in one voice. Ready? Go. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Dear woman, Here is your son, and to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, the disciple took her into his home. Let's pray together. God, we thank you so much once again for this time. And as we look into your word, I pray that you would truly help us to open our eyes, to see the things that are unseen, uh, but to see the connection of the unseen and the seen, Lord, and why this matters. Why, uh, uh, you know, this earth, why our life here matters, Lord. So help us to see that as we reflect on, as we ponder on, as we think about what you said on the cross uh, as we look at this passage this morning together as a church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So let me uh, set up the scene for you once again here in this part. Uh, We know already, I mean, you could just look around actually, you know, look at the paintings. But um, Jesus has been crucified and there are 
he wasn't alone in a crucifixion, right? There are the two thieves uh, next to him, um, all crucified, one on each side of Jesus. And as he's hanging on the cross and he's about to die, he looks down and he can see different people, right? He's still not, uh, he still hasn't passed. So he's, you know, he can, he can look around and he sees different people gather at the side of this crucifixion, right? So he sees the soldiers who had just crucified him. He sees the soldiers who cast lots, who take, who take his robe and all that stuff, right? He sees the soldiers who had tortured him just a while ago. He sees the large crowd that have gathered at this site of execution, right? And I got to believe like a whole bunch of those people, they were probably there for the entertainment. I mean, they didn't have a lot of things to entertain themselves with that, you know, those days. And execution was a big spectacle. So a lot of people, I think, probably just came out just to see, um, you know, that was like the exciting event of the week, you know, uh, someone getting crucified. Um, and Romans crucified a lot of people. Um, and so they, they were there. And there were some people probably who had followed him here and there, listened to his teachings here and there. Uh, and, and they heard that he was going to die, get executed, so they came out. And then he, of course, saw some religious leaders there as well, right? Probably some, you know, uh, could tell by what they were, how they were dressed. And, and some of these people, um, uh, you know, had questioned him throughout the course of his ministry over the past three years or so. And so he sees Pharisees, he sees Sadducees, he sees um, these people who are study, uh, studying uh, the law, um, and he sees them there. And of course, I also got to believe he saw some of his disciples there. We know that a whole bunch of them ran, ran away, but... Um, I, you know, I think he must have seen some of his disciples, maybe not all of them, but some of his disciples, maybe not right there, but maybe somewhere at a distance. You know, there's the soldiers, there are the soldiers, there are the religious teachers, and there's a huge crowd. And maybe on the outskirts of the crowd, where the crowd were gathered, there were some disciples, you know. Um, I, I always imagine, um, you know, um, anybody watch Braveheart, right? At the end, when Mel Gibson's uh, Wallace, he's... he's you know, getting tortured in front of everybody. And you see his, uh, his men, right? But they're, they're kind of, their hoodies on, right? They're kind of, kind of um, in the, mixed into the crowd. And, and I always imagine Jesus' disciples sort of like that, you know. Jesus being crucified and they don't want to get caught because if they get caught as being one of them, then they might suffer the same fate. So I see some disciples kind of fearful of, of what might happen to them. So they're kind of hiding here and there. And maybe Jesus sees some of them, right? Um, and after he sees all of them, he looks down and right there at his feet uh, by the cross, he sees his mother. He sees his mother, right? And I think um, there are some evidence that, that, that Romans allowed sometimes family members to be at the foot of the cross as they're... Um, um, as somebody was getting crucified. So, so I don't think it's too far-fetched to, to, to imagine that, that the Mary uh, and, and the, the other women that were mentioned here, um, um, as in the other Gospels, they are gathered at the foot of the cross. And, you know, they, the, the crucifixion was, um, we think of just the cross, but there are so many different ways of crucifying people. Uh, there are so many uh, different um, methods that apparently Roman soldiers, um, you know, it was up to them to sort of like experiment. You know, they would have fun with like, they, they would, they would kind of twist the pers you know, criminals in weird ways. They would crucify them upside down. Uh, they would, you know, uh, do them in an X form, you know, whatever. They, they would do all these different types of things. And, and we always imagine cross being really high up, uh, but it was a lot lower than we think. Um, and so I think that, um, you know, for Jesus to be hanging there and looking down, I don't think it was that uh, far of a distance um, so that he could speak to them and they'll hear him 
um, and Jesus will hear their response as well. So you've got to imagine the scene. It's just chaos everywhere, right? And then he sees all these people, and he looks down right there. He sees his mother, and there is one disciple that did not abandon him. And he is John, right, um, uh, addressed as beloved disciples in our text today. And then here he tells his mother that here, uh, he doesn't call her mom, he calls her woman. Um, and he, woman, um, here is your son. And to John, he says, son, here is your new mother. And he says, from that day on, uh, John took her home and, and took care of her. Uh, what is going on here? Uh, what is going on in, uh, as Jesus is saying uh, this to uh, these two people? And this is like the only painting I could find that was like pretty decent. Um, and it's, 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 uh, it's pretty modern, actually. Um, and uh, I thought it, gi- it gives, in visually, it gives us, it's a visual aid for us to kind of imagine what, what might be going on here. Um, um, why is Jesus doing this? Why is Jesus saying to his, his mother, hey, here's your new son, and to John, here's your new mother? What is this? Why is he doing this? Well, as the eldest son, Jesus had the obligation to take care of his family, right? Um, and and uh, by what, judging from what Jesus is saying here, right, um, Mary was probably a widow, right? Who was Mary's husband? Joseph, right? And uh, we don't really hear about Joseph that much throughout the Gospels. Uh, the only time we really hear about him is way in the beginning, right? Um, and when Mary conceives um, and uh, Joseph is, is obedient to the, 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 the messenger of the Lord. And, and, and after that, after, you know, uh, Jesus is born and, and they, they, they go to census one time and they go back and uh, find Jesus in the temple. Uh, but that's about it. Uh, you don't really hear about Jesus, um, I mean, Joseph afterwards anymore. Um, and, but we also know that according to the custom of that day, there was probably a large uh, age difference between Mary and Joseph. So, you know, it's reasonable to believe that by this time, Joseph had already Way, okay, and, and, and he wasn't around to take care of his wife. And that's why the responsibility then falls on to the eldest son. So Jesus um, is, is required by law to then care for his, his mother, right? And so, uh, and his dad is gone. So that's, that's he's trying to fulfill um, his uh, elderly, elder son's duties, right? Now, but if Joseph was dead and Jesus was about to die... Was there anybody else that could have taken care of Mary? Did he have any siblings? Did he? He did. Yeah, oh, very good. You guys are very, um, <laughs> oh, good. Okay, Matthew 13, 53. When Jesus had finished these parables, he moved on from there. Coming to his hometown, he began teaching the people in their synagogue, and they were amazed. Where did this man get his wisdom and these miraculous powers, they asked? 55. Isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother's name Mary, and aren't his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? There are, in fact, names there, right? Um, Aren't his brothers these four guys that we know? Verse 56, aren't all his sisters with us right now? So he did not just have brothers, he has sisters too. Where then did men get these all these all these things and they took offense at him? But Jesus says to him, only in his hometown and in his own house is a prophet without honor. So there, there's other thing going on there in the family thing. But we're not going to get into that today. That's not the main thing. But Jesus did in fact have other siblings that could have taken care of um, um, his mother, uh, Mary, right? Um, why didn't he entrust uh, her to his siblings? I mean, that seems natural to me. Um, the elder son dies. 
thing. It's the second thing, right? There's the third thing. He died on the first one, and we'll explain it later on. Uh, why not? Why did Jesus uh, tell John, his disciples, uh, one of his disciples, uh, to, to care for Mary? We know also that his brothers initially did not believe him. John chapter 7, verse 1. After this, Jesus went around in Galilee, purposely staying away from Judea because the Jews there were waiting to take his life. But when the Jewish feast of Tabernacles was near, Jesus' brother said to him, You ought to leave here and go to Judea so that your disciples may see the miracles you do. No one who wants to become a public figure acts in secret. Since you are doing these things, show yourself to the world. This is the, the brothers of Jesus saying, hey, you should, you should go out in public. What just happened? I am so sorry. How many, I was not trying to hit you. Um, oh, my goodness. Okay, thank you. I hope I didn't break that. Um, well, at least some of you are awake now. Go out into the world, yes. Yes. Welcome back, Mike. <laughs> um, um, is this what? Oh, yay, all right. Praise the Lord. It's a miracle. Okay. Um, okay, I'm going to put that down for now. <laughs> um, well, it's, it's, so, so brothers are challenging Jesus. Hey, you should go out into the public and do, you know, show yourself to the world. Do all these miraculous things and show people, right? Um, verse 5 so you think, oh, the brothers have been supportive of Jesus' ministry. They're saying, go out and show the world who you are. But right after that, the very next verse, for even his own brothers did not believe in him. They're being sarcastic. They're saying, hey, you think you're all there? Why don't you go over there and show yourself to the world? So he did have brothers and sisters, but they did not believe that Jesus was a Messiah, right? And we don't know if they were even there or not at the site of crucifixion, right? Um, and it seems like they were not there. Uh, if they were, they were standing far away from the cross maybe, right? Uh, as far as we know, it doesn't say that they were there. So what is going on here? He did have his brothers, um, but why isn't Jesus interesting his mother to the brothers? What Jesus is doing here is that he is instituting a new family. We belong to a new family in Jesus Christ. Matthew 12, 46. I'm sorry, I'm giving a lot of different passages today. I don't normally do this. But Matthew 12, 46, while Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother and brother stood outside wanting to speak to him. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. He replied to him, who is mother, my mother and who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. As Jesus was hanging on the cross, dying, about to give his last breath, he sees his uh, physical mother, biological mother. And he also sees his, one of his disciples, John. And what Jesus is doing as he's saying, woman, here's your son, son, here's your mother. He is, in fact, instituting a new spiritual family. That uh, as he's dying there, he's, he, kn he knows, and, and, and he knows that Mary, um, one thing about Mary is, you know, I don't know if you remember, how was Mary conceived? How did she conceive Jesus? 
an angel came to Mary, right? And he said that Mary believed these things and tucked them away into her heart. And, and she believed these things, right? And then she knew from uh, the get-go that, that Jesus was going to be uh, not just special, but he was going to be uh, the Messiah. He was going to be the Savior. And, and this is evidence when we see uh, the same gospel that we're looking at today in the earlier. What was Jesus' first miracle that he did? Does anyone remember this? Wine, of course you all remember this because Jesus turned water into wine. You know, when, whenever anybody says, you shouldn't drink, you say, hey, Jesus turned water into wine. You know, that's our go-to, uh, you know, argument. But anyway, Jesus turned water into wine. But you know, um, he wouldn't have even done that had it not been for his mother. Yeah, because Jesus was just hanging out at this wedding in Cana, just chilling, right? And just, you know, I'm having a good time, so taking it easy. And of course the mom comes, hey, Jesus. They're out of wine. Do something about it. Jesus is like, what? We, and here he calls her woman. Same thing. But it's not a, a disrespectful uh, thing. Back then. It's a sign of respect, actually. And so in, in today's text, he also calls uh, Mary woman. But it's not, he's not being, hey, woman. You know, he's not being disrespectful. It's a, it's a formal sign of respect. But in, in chapter 2 of John, he's saying, hey, leave me alone. My time has not come yet. And <laughs> And Mary, of course, you know, uh, like a good, you know, mom, um, she, she doesn't listen to Jesus. Oh, do whatever you want to do. No, he doesn't say, she, Jesus goes, no, I refuse to listen to you, mom. It's not my time yet. And Mary goes, okay, and tells the servants, do whatever he tells you to do, okay. Because, you know, he's going he's gonna to make some wine right now, okay. And she just walks away. And, of course, you know, they fill him up with water and it's all wine. It's like the best wine, right. Um, and, but, but so Mary was already aware Okay, of who Jesus was, because she remembers, uh, you know, the, the, how she was, she, she conceived in the, in the beginning, right? And so she knows who he is, and she's the one, in fact, encouraging Jesus to do this for whatever, I mean, there must have been other different reasons why that happened at, at the wedding, but she is very, very much aware of who Jesus is, and, and we, I have to believe that she has also placed her faith in Christ as the Savior, and he sees John, the disciple who followed him, and, and beloved disciple, one of the, the disciples he had more of a, a close relationship with. And he didn't obviously abandon him like the other disciples here. He is right there at the side of crucifixion, right? And so he says, you are now family. This is your mother. This is your son. And as his... Um, he was making a statement that those who place their faith in him are now part of the same family. We are part of the fa same family in Jesus Christ, a new community. He is instituting a new community of faith by saying this here. And as a family, what does it say? It says that from that day forward, John took her home and took care of her. As a family, we have responsibility towards one another to care for one another. To be example of faith to one another. To encourage one another. Because we're not just an adopted family. We're a family of faith. We're a community of faith. We are joined by the, the DNA that is the, the faith in Jesus Christ. And so we have the responsibility uh, to care for one another. To encourage one another. To be examples of faith to one another. To the people above us. To, to our peers and to our next generation as well. I remember in high school, right, um, uh, 
I used to go to a church in um, Koreatown, LA. I lived in Glendale. I grew up in Glendale, and my church was in K-Town. But, you know, during certain seasons, there were these special early morning prayers uh, where, you know, youth group, uh, Christians encouraged to go as well. The adults, they do um, uh, early morning prayers 365 days, you know, pretty much, you know, um, of the year. Um, And this is where they go, uh, church, in the morning. Uh, depending on the church, some churches start at 4.30 in the morning, some churches start at 5, 5.30 in the morning, right? Um, and, uh, you know, I never really went. I mean, it's like 5 in the morning, right? Um, and it's a school day. It's not even vacation, you know, um, summer break. And I remember uh, one of the older brothers in the high school youth group, right? He wasn't much older. He wasn't college or anything. He was like a senior, uh, but uh, seniors usually have a car, right? And uh uh, and he, you know, basically told me, hey, Mike, you know, I'm going to go to the early morning prayer meeting. Um, do you, do you want to go? And I said, oh, it's so early, and I don't have a car, and blah, blah. I, I didn't want to go, uh, you know. But um, um, he said, hey, you know what, because um, he lives in Glendale, too. He said, I'm going to pick you up. It's good for you. <laughs> it's good for you if you go to this, right? I said, oh, are you serious? And uh, um, he's like, yeah, you should go. You should go, because uh, I'm going. And then he really came. That whole week, every day, he came and picked me up at like 4.30 in the morning, you know. And then he drove me to the church in, in Koreatown, L.A., um, on Western and Beverly, you know. Um, and uh, we went and we went and we, we participated in the morning prayer meeting. And, and, and that, that first morning, I still remember, uh, you know, I, like uh, we, after we were done on our way back, He's like, aren't you hungry? Yeah. He said, yeah, well, I am hungry, you know. Um, and uh, so, so he's like, hey, I'll, I'll let me get you breakfast. So he drove me to a restaurant right by church. And that morning, uh, he, this is a high school senior, okay. Um, and I was like, uh, I, I want to say I was in 10th grade or something like that. Um, he, he took me to a restaurant and he bought me breakfast, you know, uh, warm Korean breakfast soup, you know. You guys know what tang is? It's like beef, uh, bone broth soup. Oh, Billy knows. That's right. Billy's a foodie, so he knows. Um, but, um, yeah, that, you know, nothing like a warm soup, like, you know, hot tang on a cold morning, right? Um, and, and I was, I, I was, I just, I didn't know how to, like, react even, you know. I just kind of took it for granted, I think, at the time. Because, um, oh, yeah, he's just, you know, whatever, being a good, you know, older brother, taking care of me. But I realized, man, he was going out of his way to help my faith to grow. He was investing in me. Do you understand that? He was, he was uh, uh, going out of his way to make sure that I would experience the things that would help my faith to grow. And he was, he was buying me breakfast. I didn't ask, ask for you know, and he picked me up, and he drove me home again after, and and all these things, and and you know, we're not when we say that we are family, we're not just talking about caring for each other when we need a ride or need food or whatever, but we're we're family sharing this DNA called faith in Jesus Christ, and so so beyond the the caring for one another, because because we we can get that outside of church. But as a church, as a community of faith, we are to care for one another and we we are responsible to one another's faith. We are to encourage each other so that we can grow together in our faith in Christ. So it's nice to be able to hang out with people in the church, but it's so much more important to be able to encourage each other in faith. And Jesus on the cross as he's dying, he sees his, his biological birth mother and he sees his disciples. And he's putting them together and he's saying, here, you are a family now. Because you both have placed your faith in me. 
But there's one more thing I believe we need to notice here and appreciate the significance. Going back to I said earlier, what I said earlier in the beginning, you know, it's, it's, it's easy for us to, even what I was just talking about right now, you know, uh, uh, to really just kind of focus on being spiritual, right? Um, to divorce the things of the spiritual realm and the physical realm and, and really write off the, the, the life here. You know, oh, it's not enough. And, and in fact, I know that's why some Christians believe, like, you know, we don't really need to be about the environment it's like you know whatever you know um, um it, it's easy for us to do that it's tempting for us to you know it's not that important what we do here it's you know we're gonna go to i believe in christ i'm gonna go to heaven you know um, and uh and say that only thing that count only thing that counts is a spiritual thing spiritual growth and it can be you know anything from like i just said uh, nature environment even our body you know what is it, man? our body this is gonna we're gonna die you know what's important is what's inside was our spirit you know um and uh, some people even even relationships they don't in their relationship with other people they don't really they're not um they're not concerned about uh that person as a whole being but they they are really concerned about their their salvation their their spiritual salvation um, and, and, and that's important. That's, that's why we do a lot of things that we do. But, they, you know, they, it's almost like, hey, I don't care who you are. Let me just give you the, the, the gospel and believe in Christ and, and, and that will be it, you know. Um, and it's easy for us to do that. But even as Jesus is instituting this new spiritual family, new community bound by uh, this, this new DNA called faith in Jesus Christ, he does not neglect the old family, right? Because um, you know, uh, this, this uh, past week, I don't know how many of you are on Twitter, um, but um, uh, Kevin Smith. Do you know who Kevin Smith is? Uh, he's the director, right? Um, so he had a massive heart attack. Um, and so he was in the hospital. Uh, you know the clerks and, uh, uh, yeah, Dogma, like he did all those movies. Anyway, yeah. Uh, the, the mall, mall, uh, what was that movie? Um, yeah, Mall Rats, yeah, yeah, all that stuff. Um, anyway, and then uh, Chris Pratt. Do you guys know who Chris Pratt is, uh, the actor, right? Parks and Recreation, um, uh, right? Um, uh, Guardian of the Galaxy, right? He sent out a tweet saying, um, um, uh, man, I've never met you, Kevin, but I love, you know, everything you've done. And, uh, man, I hope you get better. I am sending you my prayers, right? Won't you guys join me in praying for Kevin, right? And then, you know what happened? Everyone lost their heads. That's like... Thoughts and prayers don't do anything. We need to stop this. You know, um, why, are you, why are you doing that? If you're going to do something like that, just do it on your own time. Don't need to ask other people to pray. You know, um, or what does it mean to send, send thoughts and prayers? Of course, this is, the context is what? All these shootings have been happening, right? And then everyone's saying thoughts and prayers, but people are upset because, you know, oh, well, thoughts and prayers are not enough. We need to take action, right? Um, and so people just lost their heads when Chris Pratt, I mean, Chris, who hates Chris Pratt, right? He's like, man, like, I have like a man crush on him. He's so like, you know, so lovable, you know. Um, but anyway, so everyone just went off so much that Kevin Smith had to come to his defense. Uh, it was like a Twitter thing happening, you know. Um, see, I keep up with pop culture, you know. Um, and uh, he had to say, hey, just lay off him, you know. It's nice. <laughs> it's a nice thing, you know. Um, but as, as, you know, uh, as Jesus is, is on the cross, he sees his mom, you know, he's not just instituting new family. He recognizes that his mom needs to be taken care of. It says that John took her home and took care of her from that day on, right? 
See, what is really incredible here, and I think it's so beautiful here, is you understand what's going on. I set up that whole scene for you, right? All these people, thousands of people there, and Jesus is on the cross, and there is something incredible happening spiritually. Heaven is literally splitting up. You know, the curtain in the temple is about to rip apart in halves, right? Um, and it says that when Jesus died, you know, uh, he gave his last, the, the ground shook, and, and, and you know, uh, there, there are people who, who, who resurrected, right? Um, and all these incredible things are happening in the spiritual realm and in, in that moment in this historic huge moment happening God zeroes in on this one woman and sees that she needs to be taken care of and Jesus says here is your new son and and John here is your new mother so he's while he's instituting a new family a community he's not neglecting the a uh, uh, physical need. That is to say, matter matters. Okay, we Christians, we, it, it, we like, we, we, it's so easy for us to think that matter doesn't matter. It's all about the spiritual, spiritual. And I have somewhat of that tendency, you know. I, I have that tendency. And, and everyone has different tendencies. You know, but I have, to, I have to remember when I see this, hey, God was compassionate towards Mary. God was, uh, uh, God cared for Mary. And Jesus, as he's dying on the cross, uh, understanding the significance of spiritual uh, thing that is happening on the cross as he's dying, he sees his mother and he wants to make sure that she is also taken care of. And I, I think, you know, some people like to, you know, use, use this passage and just say, see, you got to love your mother. You know, that's the message here. You know, that's a part of it, obviously, but I don't think that's the main part of it. He is, in one sense, establishing a new community of faith, but also recognizing that matter matters. Our, our, our needs matter. Our physical needs matter. And in fact, the Bible is filled with God's commands to care for various physical needs of the people. The Bible says to care for the widows, care for the orphans, care for what? The sojourners, right? Some of you who are reading through the Bible uh, this year, it's, uh, I hope you guys are still in there. Okay, I know so a lot of you started on January 1st. And I see some of you on the Bible app, you know, still going strong, right? Okay, and that keeps me accountable, right? Um, but if, you, if you're reading through on, on schedule, um, if you read through uh, uh, numbers and, you know, um, in all of that right now, uh, you'll see a lot of passages in there. Uh, just, you, you probably just read through them recently in the past couple of weeks. You know, care for the sojourners, care for the, 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 the people, the outsiders, right? The Bible's filled with commands to care for the people who are outsiders. Bible tells us to care for the poor. Bible tells us to care for the needy. You know, it's really impossible for us to just think about spiritual things. God connects the spiritual and the physical here at the cross. And you look around, it is Jesus who died. He physically died. And as he's dying, and as he's establishing a new community of spiritual community, of faith, he's also recognizing our physical needs. And I think it's so beautiful. You see God's compassion on us. It's not saying, I don't care what happens to you. Physically, no. Jesus is making sure that his mother, mom is taken care of. And what he tells me is that, that in my life, right now, that God is a lot closer than I think. You see what I mean by that? Because we, we often think God is just a spirit and he's just somewhere. But God is a lot closer right here 
And so as Jesus tells Mary, his mother, behold your son, and here is your new mother and his beloved disciple, John. He not only puts us into a new community of faith, a new family of faith. He also tells us that we got to take care of each other. Got to take care of each other. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Um, just two questions. Um, let's reflect on what it means to be a part of this new family. Okay, have you taken it seriously enough? And I really think a lot of times people come to church and they say, I want community, I want community, I want community. And, you know, I talk with them, I hear them out, and I think a lot of times they just want somebody they can just, just, just be comfortable with. You know, that's fine. You know, it would be great for us to, and we need to strive for that. We need to, uh, uh, you know, try to make this a, a community where we can connect with one another and, and even share hobbies and, 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 you know, just kind of share life together. That's fine. But... Through it all, we need to take our calling seriously, calling to be a part of a community of faith, meaning we have to be intentional about encouraging one another's spiritual growth. So my question to you this morning as we go to the Lord in prayer is, have you taken that seriously enough? Have you taken that seriously enough, that we are a community of faith, that we are to Encourage each other to grow in faith. And as you do that, also reflect on what it means to recognize that here and now also matters. Have we been faithful to the people and the things that God has entrusted to us? Okay, so let's uh, let's uh, uh, pray about these things together. Right?